coronavirus isn't gone. It's still here. But offices continue to reopen amid this pandemic, and employers increasingly feel some responsibility for keeping employees safe and slowing the spread of the virus in the community. But employers can only do so much. Employees aren't in the office 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And, and what are they doing outside the office? Some are sheltering in place while others are taking calculated risks. They may be going to dinner, visiting with friends and family. They may be uh, even traveling to other states and cities in cars, on trains, or on airplanes. Employers reasonably have some concerns around this, but what, if anything, can employers do to mitigate those concerns? Welcome to HR Party of One. I'm your host, Ryan McCoslin, and today we're gonna to talk about three things. First, an employer's responsibilities during COVID-19. Second, what government agencies tell us about limiting employee travel. And third, what HR can do to mitigate these concerns and others. Let's begin. The first half of 2020 has presented incredibly complicated and difficult questions to employers and HR leaders. Regardless of your industry, you've probably faced one or more of the following questions. How do you manage remote work during a pandemic? When should you furlough teammates? And when should you lay off staff? When do you invite employees to return to the office? And what do you do if an employee tests positive for COVID-19? Running a business is stressful enough, even without a global pandemic. Now employers are expected to meet revenue goals and profitability goals, while also keeping their employees safe from a, a new airborne virus. Much of this responsibility falls on HR's lap. Congratulations. No pressure, no diamonds. You should have a comprehensive plan in place to address all things related to COVID-19. And we'll touch on that later in this episode. But for now, your employer, your, your owner, your CEO, is going to rely on you to keep the office up and running. What do you say when they come to you and ask, um, hey, what do we do if an employee takes a trip to a coronavirus hotspot? Is there anything we can, we can do about that? Here's what government agencies are saying. There's actually a list of questions that employers can and can't ask related to coronavirus. Our team did a whole blog on this, and I'll uh, include a link in the description below. The, the philosophy driving this list of questions is that there are questions employers can ask that can help keep employees safer. And then there are questions employers can't ask because they infringe on workers' rights. But what about limiting travel? The CDC clearly states that uh, traveling domestically increases your chances of getting and spreading COVID-19. Okay, I, I think most reasonable people would agree with that. Uh, traveling, and especially sitting on an airplane with 60 other people uh, using recirculated air, uh, will increase your chance of catching an airborne virus. But there's a limit to what you can tell your employees they can or can't do, even during a pandemic. And, and, and you really can't limit extracurricular travel. Put simply, employers can't outright prevent employees from taking personal trips, even during a pandemic. An excellent article on the legal news site, JD Supra, um, tells us that in some states, such as Colorado and New York, employers are prohibited from taking adverse action on the basis of an employee's lawful activity that occurs away from the employer's premises. It also points out that restricting an employee's personal travel requires an understanding of applicable state and federal laws. This is complicated. In many states, employment is uh, at will. 
which means that an employer can fire an employee at any time for any legal reason. But firing an employee for taking a personal trip is, is, is a bad idea under the current circumstances. Employers who do this risk violating other relevant worker protections. Uh, for example, how do you administer this policy in a way that doesn't discriminate against a protected group? And what if an employee takes FMLA time off to leave the state and take care of a family member who's sick with COVID-19? Think about this in a different way. From a strategic perspective, what business or HR goals are accomplished by firing someone who travels outside work hours? Or if you're working remotely, what's the purpose of firing someone if they're not a risk to other employees? And we haven't even covered uh, what the emotional toll would be for employees who are impacted by this and how it could affect their colleagues and their morale. With this in mind, an article in the National Law Review points out a few ways that organizations can keep their teams safe without restricting travel. For example, employers are permitted to ask employees about their personal travel history, including plans to travel. However, they must request this information from everyone, and the request itself must be considered a business necessity. This first point is vitally important because these questions need to comply with Title VII of the Civil Rights Act of 1964. Title VII prohibits employment discrimination based on race, color, religion, sex, and national origin. For the purposes of our discussion, this means an employer cannot single out certain individuals to provide their travel history and plans because it poses the risk of being perceived as discrimination against a protected class. However, if an employee is returning from a location designated as high risk by the CDC or state or local health officials, the Equal Employment Opportunity Commission, the EEOC, says that you can ask those employees about potential exposure, even if they were traveling for personal reasons. Employers can also require the employee uh, self-quarantine for 14 days and, and work remotely until that time period has passed. But if remote work isn't possible, what other options do you have? Uh, you could have the employee come on back to work and risk infecting your entire team because they just traveled to a high-risk location. You could lay them off, which, which creates other legal risks for your organization. Or, or you could ha have them take paid sick leave. According to the Families First Coronavirus Response Act, which was signed into law in March of 2020 and, and written to protect employers and employees from COVID-19, employees working for covered employers are entitled to two weeks of paid sick leave at their regular rate. So up to two weeks, up to 80 hours of paid sick leave at their regular rate of pay if the employee is unable to work due to quarantine and or COVID-19 symptoms. Two weeks of paid sick leave at two-thirds of their rate. So up to two weeks, uh, up to 80 hours of paid sick leave at their two-thirds their regular rate of pay if the employee is unable to work due to a bona fide need to care for an individual subject to quarantine. This provision also applies to, to care for a child under 18 whose school or child care provider is unavailable or closed as a result of COVID-19. And an additional 10 weeks of paid expanded family and medical leave. If a worker has been employed for at least 30 days, covered employers must provide 10 weeks of paid, expanded family and medical leave at two-thirds their regular rate of pay if the employee cannot work due to a bona fide need for leave to care for a child whose school or child care provider is closed or unavailable for reasons related to COVID-19. That's a lot to consider. But as we always discuss on HR Party of One, uh, there's a lot more you can do beyond just meeting legal requirements. And the first is to educate Educate, educate. One of the challenges that comes with responding to COVID-19 is that it feels like the information changes in real time, uh, weekly, 
sometimes almost daily. These are weird times, stressful, new habits and routines. Your employees are doing their best to balance professional responsibilities with personal obligations, and they may not be able to keep up with all the latest risk factors and, and, and how to stay safe, including information around how the virus spreads. You can change that. HR leaders can keep their employees informed about the risks that travel poses. This is especially important if your team has already returned to the office. Whether you send an email, uh, bring it up on an all-hands meeting, video conference, or jump on a conference call, um, it's your job to make sure your team knows what's risky and what isn't. And this brings me to our next action item. Develop a COVID-19 safety plan if you don't already have one. Treat this like any other safety uh, protocol or contingency plan. You need to know exactly what you can and can't do to keep employees safe. Include the measures that you've taken to do just that, encouraging or requiring everyone to wear masks while they're in the office, um, encouraging everyone to wash their hands regularly and it, for at least 20 seconds, and requiring six feet of distance between workstations are, are no-brainers. Additionally, keep a diligent record of, of risks you've identified and steps you've taken to mitigate them. This should absolutely include travel. One example of mitigating risks around travel is to have a simple assessment. You can ask questions of employees daily or weekly, as long as it's a, a business necessity. And, and it can include questions like this. Have you recently traveled to an area deemed as at risk by state or local governments? And during your travels, were you exposed to someone exhibiting symptoms of COVID-19, including fever, chills, cough, shortness of breath, or a sore throat. There are even apps and websites uh, designed to help employers administer these assessments. For example, Apple built a comprehensive screening tool, which can be found at apple.com COVID-19, that provides a set of next steps for individuals if they're at risk of infection. Another is the COVID-19 screening app from Aduro. This tool combines a CDC-aligned symptom questionnaire with remote monitoring and on-site check-in functionality. And workers are required to fill it out before they're permitted on work sites. Another still is the daily employee screening log that comes from Go Canvas. The app collects employee symptoms, temperatures, and even travel history, all easily reviewable with a built-in dashboard and an option to activate HIPAA compliance. And there are others too. Regardless of which tool you choose, the more thorough you are with your safety plan, the better chance you have at preventing an outbreak or at least knowing what your plan is if and when an employee tests positive. Here's something else that may be helpful as you create or refine your safety plan. Our team at Bernie Portal put together a return to work checklist. I'll include a link to it in the description. We went over this checklist in detail in a previous episode of HR Party of One. The CDC has also given us seven key steps that small and medium-sized employers can take to ensure their, their workplaces and their teams are prepared to operate during COVID-19. First, you should identify an on-site workplace coordinator. In many cases, HR should step in to fill this role. Among other responsibilities, the on-site workplace coordinator will assess and control workplace safety measures, as well as respond to other employees who have COVID-19 related concerns. They'll also be in charge of the screening app or platform that you select for your team. Two, examine leave, telework, and compensation policies. If possible, implement flexible and non-punitive leave policies 
and permit sick employees to work from home. Leave policies should also account for parents who need to stay home with children due to school closures or to care for sick family members. Additionally, use flexible work sites like telework and staggered shifts to establish social distancing practices. Third, review leave policies with all team members. Keep your employees informed about relevant leave policies and procedures and how they can protect themselves at work and at home. In addition, provide information about any relevant employee assistance programs, EAPs, if offered by your organization. Fourth, identify essential staff and business functions. Put a plan in place in case there are major disruptions to your normal operations. Then, select the employees necessary to keep the business running smoothly if the organization must lay off, furlough, or grant sick leave to a significant portion of the staff. As I mentioned earlier, HR teams should also implement detailed reasons for marking these individuals as essential. Doing so may protect your organization against disparate treatment claims if they suspect the decision to not bring them back might have something to do with their protected class status. Fifth, prepare business continuity plans. Plan for significant absenteeism in case there's an outbreak, as well as supply chain disruptions and other necessary adjustments to normal operations. Sixth, establish emergency communication plans. Key contacts need to be identified, along with backups and a chain of communications between your organization, suppliers, and customers. The CDC also recommends establishing processes for tracking and communicating about business and employee status. And seventh, share response plans and expectations with employees. Everyone needs to know how and when to act if a coworker tests positive for COVID-19. Before we wrap up, let's dive into steps two and three in a little more detail using a hypothetical. Imagine for a moment that you've successfully implemented COVID-19 daily assessments for your whole team. When you log in in the morning and you look at the dashboard, you see that one of your employees is planning to take a trip to Houston, Texas to visit relatives. You know you can't forbid that employee from taking that personal trip to Houston, but you're concerned. You've seen that Houston is a, is a recent hotspot for coronavirus cases. And if that employee goes and returns to the office, um, you're worried that your team could be at risk of experiencing uh, more infections and an outbreak. What do you do? Well, first, talk to that employee and let her know that when she returns from her trip, you'd like her to work remotely from home for at least a week before returning to the office. You can ask that she monitor symptoms and even require her to take a coronavirus test so that you can see that it comes back negative before she returns. When the test comes back negative or whenever she's been um, sheltered in place for at least 14 days, you can feel confident she can return safely. Quick reminder, for more HR Party of One, don't forget to like, subscribe, and ring the bell so you don't miss any upcoming episodes. Safety is always a priority for HR leaders, even when we're not dealing with a global pandemic. That's why it's critically important to prepare. I've included a, a list of resources in the description below that can help you create or refine your own safety plan. Take on this responsibility for your team to help keep everyone safe. Remember, your job is as strategic as you make it.